Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And I'm the Night Owl. You're tuned in to Wrestle Talk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Enjoy the ride. What is up, Wrestle Talk Podcast with Joe Renee? How the heck is everybody doing? I am doing just wonderful, ladies and gentlemen. It's another Wednesday, Tuesday night. Tuesday night, and the light is here, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for the Wrestle Talk Podcast with Joe Renee. And oh my goodness, do we have a show for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen? We've got the shooting shout segment. We got the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge, the High Spots Challenge. We've got so much going on tonight, and that's not enough. We've got Inferno coming on, a guy that I've known for many, many years, as well as Hill Club's own, TikTok's own, Kevin Rodriguez is coming on. He's going to be talking about his podcast. He's going to be talking about his. Uh, a Facebook group he has, but what he's been doing on TikTok. It's going to be absolutely amazing, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go ahead and do whatever we always do, and that is remove your hats, stand up, and pay homage to the greatest country ever, and that's America, damn it. tonight. The night I was once again on uh, assignment. So once again, we're bringing on a man that needs no introduction. He's helped us out multiple times. He's one of our sponsors, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Jeremy Cobb. What's going on, sir? How are you doing? 
I'm doing good, Joe. And just like you, that national anthem gets me in tears every time. Every single time. All right, well, we're not going to waste any more time. Hardcore Haas, you know what music to drop. You know it's time for the high spots. Go ahead and drop it on us. You know, there's so much stuff that, that we could definitely talk about. One of the things that I wanted to uh, jump on tonight was the fact that, you know, it seems like that wrestling fans go from not being happy to being happy to not being happy to being happy. You know, since Retribution has debuted, it's been nothing but negativity. It's the worst thing that the WWE's ever done. It's, it's the stupidest thing that they've ever done. I wish that, that they would just get rid of this whole faction and they, they would just be done done with it. And then last night, Ali is uh, revealed to be either the leader of Retribution or just another member. And all of a sudden, everybody, is, it's the greatest thing ever. It was absolutely awesome. It, it was amazing. And it's like, I don't know what to think. Like, one second you guys are hating it, and then the next second you guys are loving it. What do you think about the whole retribution thing, Jeremy? Well, this is my thing. I look and you know, I've talked about retribution in the past and I've said positive things about them and I've said negative things about them. And I think that both positives and negatives are totally justified. With that said, I feel that adding Mustafa Ali as whether uh, the ringleader or as just another associated member, you know, because there could be someone even more higher up than Mustafa Ali. But um, the way I look at it, it was a it was a twist for me. I definitely did not expect that. I mm-hmm. mean, I and I enjoyed it. I mean, because. You know as well as I do, Joe, that not every twist is a good twist. But I think this was a good twist. I think Mustafa Ali was really stuck in a rut with his character, and Mm -hmm. he had no real direction. I mean, I feel like every mid-carder right now is feuding with the Hurt Business. But to have one of them join... Retribution, who is also feuding with the Hurt Business, kind of kills two birds with one stone, and it's a big benefit to Ali, to Retribution, as it gives them more credibility, you know, having a very talented wrestler join the group. And I think it boosts uh, the Hurt Business because, I mean, now they have an even more credible wrestler as part of the stable, so... I think it's a total win, but I also agree with you that wrestling fans are definitely polarizing more so than probably any other sports fans out there. 
Yes, uh, absolutely. You know that that's uh, uh, you know uh, retribution has has been you know it's been good, it's been bad, it's been you know you know I mean they couldn't expect people to to really like it by giving like those guys names like T Ball like <laughs> I mean Black but yeah like T Ball and Slapjack but. I mean, yeah, right. So I mean, it's it's, it's definitely definitely uh, uh, a a interesting thing. Um, you know, one of the the other things I wanted to to talk about is you know it, NXT the NXT uh, European Champion is Walter, and it's been known that Vince McMahon is very 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 impressed with Walter. And he's been trying to get him to come to the main roster, but he refuses to do that because for him to come to the main roster, he would have to leave his hometown of England, and that's something that he's not willing to do. He doesn't want to, you know, leave his hometown of uh, England, so... Do you think that, that that this is a good idea for Walter to refuse to uh, come over to America and be a part of the main roster? Or do you think that that is kind of hurting his character? If anything, I think this is how I look at it. There is so much notoriety surrounding Walter because of how he is as a wrestler in his matches. You know, he's a very stiff wrestler. Very talented, not knocking that at all, but it's just how he performs some moves in his matches. And I think, you know, NXT UK is an amazing brand. It's its own great entity, just like NXT is, as opposed to the main rosters of Raw and SmackDown. And Triple H especially is a big fan of NXT UK, rightfully so. And I think it is the smart move for Walter to remain at NXT UK where he can remain in England and, you know, thrive in his home because who's to say that once you get to the main roster – you're automatically going to thrive. And because just because Vince McMahon is a big fan of yours, that still doesn't guarantee that you're going to get to the point where you either deserve to be or where he expects you to be. I mean, Vince McMahon has had trouble with wrestlers that even he has been high on in the past. So yes. I think it's a smart move to keep him in NXT UK as opposed to bringing him, even if he was still in NXT, just not bringing him to the main roster is very beneficial. And because he is a top wrestler, to have him in NXT UK still brings a lot of credibility to the brand. Right. I I, I would definitely have to agree 100% percent. You know, I, I totally get why he's refusing to come over 
to the main Vashtu. You know, he doesn't want to leave his his hometown, and I feel that he's doing a great job as the uh, NXT UK champion, and, you know, kudos to him. So what do you got for us, Jeremy? Because I know that you have all kinds of, of, of stuff that you wanted to talk about for high spots. So there was something that really caught my attention, and mm-hmm. it actually just came out today, but what are your thoughts? On this, and I'll and I'll get to it. It's that EC3 is actually coming to Ring of Honor. Now, I'm gonna kind of give the skinny on what's been going on with EC3 probably over the past year. You know, he was in Impact Wrestling, and he was a top guy in Impact. Then he was one of the plethora of superstars that were called up to the main roster at the same time, or at least that was the plan by WWE, was to have all these guys come up at the same time and just take the whole main roster by storm. Unfortunately, that plan didn't work out, and EC3 was regulated to really being a jobber on the main roster while kind of competing for the 24-7 title, but he really didn't have a successful main roster career. Went back to Impact Wrestling, did a great job, you know, continued to thrive, as did many of the other wrestlers that had left WWE. But now, there was a teaser video that was sent out that EC3 is coming to Ring of Honor. Now, in the past, uh, two weeks ago, Joe, Joe, you and I actually were talking a lot about Ring of Honor and how with the pandemic mm-hmm. and with how AEW's up on the rise and Impact's reviving itself and WWE's still top dog, and of course with New Japan, ROH has been really just kind of off the radar. They haven't really had many new superstars come over to the promotion. And... I think, personally, having EC3 over there is another big boost to the roster that is a good benefit. And I want your opinion on this. Yeah, yeah, you know, I I, I would definitely agree. Uh, you know, there, there are some wrestlers better on different promotions. Uh, you know, EC3, as good as he was in Impact Wrestling, he just he wasn't able to do the same thing on the WWE. He wasn't able to, you know, captivate, you know, his character like he was in TNA or, or Impact Wrestling. Uh, you know, it, 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 I put EC3 in the same boat as Eric Young. Eric Young is another guy that was insanely popular in Impact Wrestling and he leaves and he comes to the WWE and, well, he had some success in NXT. As soon as he became onto the main roster, either you never saw him or he was put in spots where he was basically, you know, losing to make one of the other wrestlers look better. And, you know, it's just, it, it it's... It's frustrating, but then again, I, I understand because not everybody's going to be able to have a push. So I kind of understand where they're coming from. 
Right. And I agree. I think, you know, I agree on the point that some promotions are just better fits for wrestlers than others. I think a lot of times WWE signing talent away is just their way of saying, hey, I just don't want you any other promotion. Let's get you over here. Not really realizing that they're not going to thrive as much, most likely. Because, right? you know, I, and I love your example with Eric Young because Eric Young, once again, top wrestler in uh, Impact Wrestling, even back when it was just TNA. And comes to WWE, uh, Sanity was one of the top things going on down in NXT, but then nothing, absolutely nothing came of it on the main roster when they debuted. And, you know, that's something that has been a lingering issue for years. So I personally, I agree with you on this one. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's how it, it books out. You know, you've got people like Matt Hardy who's able to do, you know, be successful in multiple promotions. You've got Cody Rhodes, who's you know he's able to be successful in multiple promotions. You got EC3, where you know only a certain type of promotion is going to benefit him. Um, one of the things I wanted to jump on uh, is at Extreme Rules. No, at Hell in a Cell, we've got. Randy Orton against Drew McIntyre once again. I really hope that this is the final match because I don't know about you, but I'm kind of getting tired of seeing Randy Orton against Drew McIntyre. It's just, it's it's getting kind of old to me. I don't know if that's what, how you see it, but it's like, okay, you know, they, they wrestled at the last pay-per-view. They wrestled at the pay-per-view before that. So it's it's time for this match to be the final match. And I'm sure that more than likely what's going to happen is I'm thinking Edge is going to show up at some point and cost Randy the match. And that's going to lead to Randy Orton against Edge at WrestleMania once again. Yeah, and see, this is my thing. There's two things I have on this topic because I agree in the sense that I'm also tired of seeing Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre because you know as great a wrestler obviously Randy Orton is and as amazing a heel as Randy Orton is you know having him just spend every pay-per-view facing off against Drew McIntyre will eventually grow stale especially when you have a different type of hardcore stipulation every time, you know. Now, and, and also, th- if there's any pay-per-view, I think eventually Edge would take the title from Randy Orton. That's been my theory for months now. But mm-hmm. this has to be the pay-per-view that Randy Orton wins the title because if he hasn't won it already, I mean... At what what would happen to where Edge would find proper closure, you know, and where his comeback would come full full circle? 
I just, it's the only way is that Randy Orton beats Drew McIntyre at the Hell in a Cell match. Um, and I just look at it as, now say Drew McIntyre does retain. Well then, which wrestler would be the next to step up to face off against him for the WWE title? Like, it's, it's a very peculiar situation for me because, yeah, this is the third match at a pay-per-view in which Orton and McIntyre are going to face off. But I just don't know who would be the next man to step up. Um, do you have anyone in mind? Um, you know, I would like to see uh, Drew McIntyre face... Um, Andrade. I think that Drew McIntyre versus Andrade would be a really, really, really good uh, a paper, a good, good, good match, especially if not only does, not only is Andrade facing Drew McIntyre, but he has Charlotte Flair in his corner. I think that Charlotte that would and him one. would be great together because you know, you know she's the the queen of wrestling and he is, you know, he's just he's a phenomenal wrestler and and I think that that would 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 be good you know and I also wouldn't mind seeing Keith Lee get a shot too because I think that Keith Lee is another. Amazing, amazing wrestler. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. But yeah, you know, so it's, there, there, there's no telling what, what's, what's, what's going to happen. But there is one thing that we know is always going to happen, and that is that all truth is going to be like the five, the, the fifty billion time twenty four seven champion. I mean, my God, how many times has that man won that title? <laughs> yeah, about 37, I think. I've lost track at this point. It's got to be right at loses, around 40. He loses it every Monday night, and then by the end of Monday night, he gains it back. And and, and then I'm like, well, I, 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 I get it. At the same time, I'm like, this is so stupid. Like, all right, just... <laughs> it, I, I I get, you know, that they're using it for comic relief, but when you have the same three people that are going after the title, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> crazy. And I think Keith Lee should get his shot really soon because I don't want him of all be I don't want Keith Lee to be stuck on a mid card. He is too talented, too badass. And just too epic of a performer to be stuck in in a rut. So I really hope he does get a shot at the title in the near future. Yeah, you know who 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 knows? Like it's just it's 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 absolutely insane about you know what could 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 happen. I mean so. Oh my goodness! You know, in in the the six minutes we have until Inferno joins joins us, what else do do did you want to talk about? Yeah, 
And it's just been confirmed to me that R-Truth is a 42-time 24-7 champion. So, whew. 42 times. That That is, is absolutely amazing. 42-time champion. Wow. That's Ric Flair's record of shame. <laughs> You're right. It does. <laughs> it does. I haven't really thought about that. Like, it does. It puts Ric Flair's 16-time world heavyweight champion to a freaking shame. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Uh, you know, now, you know, since we, we, we talked a lot about the WWE, but how about if we talk about some AEW, like, who do you think is going to end up beating John Moxley for that championship? You know, I was surprised, you know, I would like to say Brody Lee, but at the same time, he's doing a pretty good job with the TNT title right now. I think right now, it's tough for me. I would have liked to have seen MJF win the title from him. Um, So it's unfortunate he lost. I think one day he'll get it back. Um, I think he'll win it. But I I would like to see MJF be the one to take it from John Moxley. Because personally, MJF is one of my favorites in AEW, even though, uh, Obviously, people are supposed to despise them, but still. Yeah, it's just, I, I would have to agree with, with you. MJF is by far one of the best heels in pro wrestling today. Like, MJF is, like, in, in, insanely good at being a heel and making you you hate him. Like, I mean, MJF is the guy that never breaks character. He's the guy that flips off little kids. <laughs> because <laughs> true. I mean, you're not wrong there. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I remember that. He flipped off. This little kid came up to him, wanted his, his picture, so when, when the picture was taken... MJF is flipping off this little kid, and I'm just like, <laughs> you know, what a way to get heat. But do you feel that at some times that he gets way too much heat? Because there's heat, and then there's way too much heat. Well, this is how I look at it. There, to me, there's two types of heat. There's the we hate you in the sense that you're a heel and we despise what you do. And then what I like to call the King Corbin heat, which is we just don't like your character. We just think you're annoying. Otherwise known as go away heat. Um, I just like calling it King Corbin heat because he is literally the perfect example. And I, and I don't think MJF is at the, King Corbin heat, but because I feel like he's a lot more charismatic. He kind of has the, you know, it's the way he's dressed, the the charismatic way he talks. So, I don't think MJF is at that type of heat just yet. I can under, now, I, that doesn't mean it's impossible. That doesn't mean he'll never be there, but I don't think he's at that just yet. Um, 
do you personally think he's at that point? No. Um, I, I think that, that that he's good at, at getting heat, but I don't think that he has the uh the heat as you call it the uh, go away heat. Like like Bill Corbin, like his heat, it's not because we 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 hate him because he's a heel. We just hate him because we don't like his character. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, now, there is one more thing I do want to bring up, if that's okay. Okay, go ahead. Shoot. Now, I know we've tried to go through other promotions. We've talked AEW, we've talked ROH, but this is something that I think goes beyond wrestling in general. I think you could, you could make this argument about any other company, but it's just specifically something that happened in WWE. And it right. is the whole controversy surrounding Twitch, Steam, all those social media accounts that Vince McMahon has been wanting to kind of take control of. He, you know, he's basically saying, look, you guys signed your rights over to me when you joined this company. And I, you know... Obviously, it's not right. It's not fair. But at the same time, you got to wonder, like, why? Why, you know, would, you know, would this type of situation erupt? So I kind of want your thoughts yeah. on the whole controversy. Because it's a pretty, I mean, this is a big legal thing going on right now. Yeah, it, it it definitely truly is. It it is the huge thing, you know. It's like it, it's the one thing that everybody is is talking about, and you know, you know, it, it's not right, you know, and it's not cool that uh, Vince is, is has decided to do this, but at the same time, it's his company, and you know, if that's what he wants to do, that's what he can do, you know. Nobody ever said that Vince McMahon was a nice person. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you are not wrong on that one. I am definitely not wrong on on that one. It's 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 a, it's it's crazy to think about. And I think that what all started this was the fact that Lana was going around, you know, using her name from the WWE to sell, uh, she was putting out uh, some sort of ad. And, you know, so that's where Vince kind of was was like, okay, you know, I got to put a nip to the bud to this, but I don't think it's really going to affect a lot of, of things. Like, I don't think it's going to affect up, up, down, down. I don't think it's going to affect um, uh, AJ Styles. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. I was just kind of curious on that because, you know, it's something that honestly could affect any company, wrestling or not mm-hmm. wrestling. So, yeah, I was definitely curious on your opinion on the matter. Yeah, absolutely, 100%, 100%, like, it's just, 
who knows? Like, who knows what it's going to, you know, if if it's going to affect, you know, this person or if it's going to affect that person or if it's even going to, you know, deter people from wanting to even come to the WWE, you know, because they'll be like, you know, why would I want to go there if... If, if 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 there's no um you know if if they're they're being told that they can't uh you know do this or they can't do that but then they can go to AEW and they can pretty much do whatever that they need to do you know right I mean a contract is a contract but I think at some point to in my personal opinion. You know, you do sign the contract, you have to abide by it, but I also think the original contract shouldn't basically control your life. It should control, yeah, it should control, like, business aspects, you know, and obviously as a a businessman, you know, the head of a multi-billion dollar corporation, you're going to want, you know, revenue whenever the opportunity sees it. And with social media at its peak right now, you know, especially when with the pandemic going on, you can be on, you know, in your home or somewhere, you know, live streaming games, doing podcasts. I mean, the time is now for it, basically. Um, So I definitely understand both sides of the spectrum. That's how I look at it. Both sides have their pros and their cons. Um, I know Ryback had brought it up in a recent podcast of his about, you know, the whole controversy, as have many others. Um, Yeah. But now, if I may, going back to AEW, because it's been a big week in wrestling. So going back to AEW, coming up, they're doing – the Chris Jericho 30th anniversary show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and I have been wrestling fans for a long time. You've been a fan even longer than I have, and I've been a fan for 15 years. So I want to ask you, what was, and this might be tricky, so if you have to say more than one, you go right ahead. What was your favorite, or is your favorite Chris Jericho match? My favorite Chris Jericho match. Wow. You know, I, I <laughs> have to say my favorite Chris Jericho match was Chris Jericho against Dean Malenko in WCW when uh, Dean Malenko uh, won a, a, a match over the top rope battle royal and Dean Malenko came in as a, a luchador. Like, they wanted an a, a angle where, uh, where Chris Jericho was refusing to, to face Dean Malenko. So Dean Malenko pulls the rug over his eyes, and it was just, it was a great match. Dean Malenko against Chris Jericho. Okay, and. Well, uh, I will quickly say for me personally, we'll go back to 2008 when he was feuding with Shawn Michaels for the WWE title, and they faced off in a ladder match. Because to me, 
it was one of my all-time favorite feuds, Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels. I think the heel turn was perfect. I think the match itself was outstanding. So, I mean, your match, you know, with Jericho and Dean Malenko was outstanding as well. So, I mean, for him to wrestle 30 years is amazing. And speaking of wrestlers, Joe, I've just been informed that our guest is ready for us. He is. He is, ladies and gentlemen. So this 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 next guy that that we are bringing on is a guy that that I am definitely one hundred percent familiar with. This this guy has been just about everywhere, like from the NWL to ATCW to LTW to SSW. I mean, this guy, ladies and and gentlemen. I saw him wrestle a guy by the name of Haas Leonard, and he legit got knocked out. Like if 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 it was a a a insane match, uh, you know, it is all pleasure to bring on the guy, the man, the myth, the the legend, Inferno. I'm doing pretty good, Joe. How about you? Oh, man, you know, we are doing absolutely amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on to this, uh, to the uh, 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 podcast. So, uh, so what, what, what's, what's been new with, with Inferno? I, I know that SSW has been putting on some pretty interesting uh uh, shows like you know you you all have definitely taken this uh, coronavirus and have used it to you all's advantage. Like Summer Heat was amazing. I loved every single bit of Summer Heat. Thank you. Yeah, we're uh, we're trying we're trying new things, uh, especially you know with with the coronavirus and not being able to be in front of a live audience and our. And, you know, uh, who we call the SSW faithful were, you know, asking, you know, when we're going to be back live, you know, is there anything that we're going to be doing, you know, in the meantime, and, you know, I uh, sat down and thought about it and talked with my team and we decided that we're going to, we're going to continue to to run shows and put out the SSW product, um, and that's what we do. We uh, currently are filming everything from, from my home on my property. And uh, I bring in the SSW roster, and we, we do our regular, our regular shows. We actually call them Back to Basics, uh, along with uh, some of our bigger shows. You, you mentioned uh, the Summer Haze there. Um, and uh, we've been filming that, putting that on YouTube for, for all our fans and everyone else to enjoy until we can get back to live wrestling action. Uh, that's uh, that's pretty much how how we've been doing and what I've been doing to stay busy as far as SSW goes, and just keeping us keeping us relevant, you know, keeping us in front of our fans. That way, they can't forget about us. Yeah, the, that that the you all have been doing a a amazing amazing job, but I must say that uh, when I watched Summer Heat, I kind of felt sorry for the Year Boys. Uh, 
they <laughs> they kind of got the dominated. Like it was 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 uh, a pretty brutal. <laughs> well, I mean, Shango, he is to be reckoned with. Um, I'm still not sure exactly what kind of power or or magic that he possesses. Uh, but since his arrival in SSW, uh, he is he has been pretty much unstoppable. Um, fortunately, I haven't been able to test him as of yet because I've been out with uh, with a work related injury since last December. Mm-hmm. So I'm still still waiting to get cleared by the doctors, and uh, you know, hopefully at some point I can find out what Sean goes all about. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, there's there's others within the company that, uh, like the Yeah Boys, um, SoundCloud, and and Hanson there, who want to try and uh, you know take on take on Shango, and of course it didn't go well for them. <laughs> it did not. Um, so. Last week, we had Frosty Rob Wells on the podcast, and uh, he told an interesting story about how he had the uh, SSW Hybrid Championship. Uh, how did he get that, that championship, and why does it make you mad? Good old, good old Rob Wells. Mr. Frosty. Um, <laughs> we, were at a, uh, we were at a show. I don't remember exactly what show we were previous to when I realized he had this belt. Uh, but I believe it was one of my autism shows. Uh, he uh, appeared in a, in a hallway or uh, down, down a hall in, uh, in the autism school, I believe it was, and, and had, my, had my hybrid championship. And uh, – I'm still not 100% certain how he acquired that belt or how long he had it, uh, but he, he indeed had it and, uh, you know, played a little bit of a rib on me, I guess, but it really wasn't a rib because I didn't know he had it per se until the, you know, the, the next month when he revealed it or, again, I mean, I don't even know how long he had it, but, yeah, it kind of irritated me a little bit that, uh, that he had that belt, and, uh, but I got it back. It was, it was, Exactly. You 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 did end up getting it get, getting it back. And uh, I have one more question, and I'm gonna let my uh, uh, co-host of the night, Joe Jeremy Cobb, ask ask you a couple questions. So you were trained by uh, the one and only Johnny Graham. What was it like being trained by Johnny Graham? It was brutal. Uh, uh, really really old school guy, hard nosed. Um, didn't didn't take no crap, uh, you know. Didn't care if uh, if you were sick or hurting or tired. Uh, when you showed up the train, you showed up the train, and uh, he didn't uh, he didn't take it easy on on myself or any any of the other trainees that he had. Um, and uh, John Graham in in my training that I do now for my trainees, I still run his, his rookie drill that I ran for three years and vomited with every time I ran it. And I was, I was running that rookie drill three times a week, uh, maybe even twice on Sundays. And, 
I uh, I got sick every time, but I didn't stop. I kept going, and you know, which is what he wanted. And I pretty much do the same drill with with my guys. I've made it a little bit easier, um, but yeah, working working with John was uh, was definitely definitely interesting, and you know, he uh, taught me everything pretty much that I know. Wow, that's that. Yeah, yeah it, it, I, 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 I love hearing the the stories about the the old school, you know, wrestling trainers because you know they grew up at a different time. You know, when when Johnny Graham was was coming up in, in, in wrestling, not everybody had the opportunity to be a pro wrestler. Like, not everybody had to, had the opportunity to just walk off of the street and come in and uh, uh, training. And, you know, I, I hate to, to, to say it, but I feel that there are a, a, a lot of wrestlers, you know, today that probably wouldn't survive if they went to a training with Johnny Graham. I, I agree. I uh, I tell my, my students that all the time. And anyone that I talk to that wants to come to training or, or to try a little professional wrestling, uh, you know, I, I tell them back in the old days, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that wouldn't wouldn't make it through uh, today's in today's time with with the training and the way they did things, you know, back then. I agree. Uh, so, Jamie Clark, why don't you come in here and ask whatever questions that you have? Because I know you have a bunch of questions. Well, yeah, I do. Uh, I guess first, how's it going, Inferno? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, Jeremy. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. So, first question I have. Now, you're, you're, you are nearing your 20th career as a professional wrestler. And... Because you, you started your career back in 2001, and there is a lot of promotions that you've been a part of. And I guess for the audience, I'll just name some. I know my good pal Joe named off some, but we have the NWL, the House of Pain Wrestling Federation, EPPW, MWS. Which one, or ones if you do have more than one, really had a significant impact on you as a wrestler? I would I would honestly have to say uh, where I trained, and that was with uh, what is the original PWE with John Graham. Uh, that that had a okay. significant impact on on my career. Awesome. Um, so let's see, what promotion was it in which you had held your very first championship? PWE. PWE? Now yep. I can see why also it wasn't just the brutal training, but it was also, you know, where you first struck gold. Um, who were some of your influences in your startup of your career? Uh, in, influences, uh, first and foremost, is, uh, I mean, everybody everybody pretty much knows this guy. Uh, it's Hulk Hogan. Uh Watched him from a little kid, you know, uh, first um, you know, 
back in January 1984 when he beat the Iron Sheik for the for the WWF title. Uh, I was laying on my great grandfather's living room floor. He turned on this this what is known as professional wrestling, and we're sitting there watching this. And then when that uh, you know that that big blonde haired muscle guy come out known as Hulk Hogan, you know, I watched him perform, and it was it was pretty much I was hooked from from that point on. I wanted to do nothing else but watch, eat, sleep, and breathe wrestling. And, uh, you know, I drove my parents' batty. And uh, that's, you know, he was, he was the biggest influence. And uh, another influence in wrestling, obviously, is, is Vince McMahon. I've seen, you know, what he did with, with the WWF. You know, he took it to an imaginable height. And that made me, you know, at some point, one time or one day in my career, you know, I wanted to be a promoter. And, you know, fortunately, I've, I've been able to accomplish that as well. So those, uh, those are two, my two biggest influences in, uh, in professional wrestling. Well, Ben, I, you know, quite frankly, I've got to be honest, you know, when you're two influences of Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon, you're off to a pretty solid start. Um and, you know, you guys were both right when you were talking about being trained by Johnny Graham because, you know, out here I live in the St. Louis metro area, so probably the most the toughest trainer people have had in professional wrestling out here is the late, great Harley Race. And his professional wrestling academies were very notorious for being tough, but, you know... It's the old school style of wrestling. And, you know, much like you being trained to be a professional wrestler, it's all about just getting the best out of you. You know, anything less is not a success. And you have shined as a professional wrestler. And to have a career that, you know, we're in 2020 right now. So to have a near 20-year career is you know, nothing short of amazing. And for that, I definitely commend you for that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It, does, it doesn't come with its, uh, with its disadvantages, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's hard to get up and get out of bed some days and get off a chair and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I, wouldn't, <laughs> I, wouldn't change, I wouldn't change anything. And if I had the opportunity to do it all over again, and this was 2001, I wouldn't change a thing, and I would do the do it the exact same way that I've done it. All right. Well, before I turn it back over to my buddy Joe, I do got one more wrestling related question for you. And sure. you know, we talk about it being a long career. You talk about how sometimes it's harder to wake up. So brings up the the question. You know, which which injury? What's part of your body? has taken the biggest beating, what's the worst injury you had that you can recall? Okay. Um, the the biggest part of my body that's taken a beating would be would be my head. Uh, a lot of a lot of head injuries, um, you know, with concussions and you know right. back, back and you know, weapon shots and chair shots, you know, it, it was all to the head. Uh, uh, a lot that I don't remember anymore, uh, especially like the short-term stuff. I really don't remember what I did yesterday. 
Um, long term, I'm still pretty good in short terms. Um, now, as far as uh, like injury, injury wise, uh, it would be my knees. I had uh, I had bilateral knee replacement back in uh, 2011. Those knees. Were my my surgeon told me that I would never ever wrestle again. And in 2012, I believe it was, I checked the system and I debuted at what is now my company, SSW, back in 2012. And um, you know, so as far as like uh, you know the the head injury and of course my double knee replacement, um, that's that's at the top of the list. Uh, worst injury would actually be the introduction when Joe was introducing had a, a match there at the PWS in West Virginia against Hoss Leonard. And uh, we did a, we did a bit outside and I got uh, thrown into the ring post, got busted open pretty severely and proceeded to get knocked out in the match. And uh, it, it resulted in me being carted away and off to the hospital for uh, several, several, several stitches. Uh, that was that was probably the worst in-ring injury that I had. Um, and you know, of course, my kids were sitting there to watch it all unfold. So, mm. well, damn. Um, but like I said, I mean, it's, and it's unfortunate, you know. The, People can say what they want about professional wrestling, but, you know, you guys and, of course, the female wrestlers out there put their bodies and essentially their lives on the line, you know, for everyone's entertainment. And, you know, it's a shame a lot don't get the respect, but we here, you know, at the Wrestle Talk podcast and, of course, myself and my colleagues at Interstate 70 Sports Media have nothing but the utmost respect for you know, the professional wrestling world and for what you personally have done. So with that, I thank you, and I'm going to turn it over back to Joe. Yeah. Um, Good evening. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Jim. Um, you know, we only got a little bit of time left, but, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about was, you know, SSW had a – a, a really, really good feud going on with uh, EPPW. If I'm not mistaken, the owner of EPPW was the SSW heavyweight champion, and then you ended up becoming the EPPW heavyweight champion, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's uh, that's correct, Joe. Uh, we had um, pretty, pretty unheard of uh, for other promotions to work with one another. Uh, but to work with another promotion on a regular basis, um, mm-hmm. and we did it for a little bit over a year. We we, uh, we worked together and ran this invasion feud angle, um, which culminated at uh, one of my biggest shows of the year, uh, was uh, my muscular dystrophy benefit show. Uh, where we raised over ten thousand dollars for the for the muscular dystrophy, and uh, over the five thousand, I'm sorry, five thousand. We raised over five thousand for muscular dystrophy. Uh, our goal this year was ten thousand, but of course we didn't get to get to have that because of COVID. Um, but yeah. it culminated in this 
page, uh, it was myself and my partner, Jason Valentine, with uh, my manager, Diamond Deck Cross, versus uh, Dokin and the returning Titan as Crucial Impact with Kano and Hanson on the outside. And uh, mm-hmm. it, was, it, was, it was a great match. Uh, we, we pretty much tore the, tore the house down, blew the roof off. And uh, at the end, you know, we ended our feud and uh, we all stood in solidarity and showed that two companies indeed can work together if you, if you put in the effort. 100%. That, that, that was some definitely awesome stuff. Uh, I, I remember going to a SSW show uh, and it was in the middle of a snowstorm. Like, like, there, there, there was snow all over the place, but it was one of the best wrestling matches I ever that I can ever remember going to see, especially uh, in, in the independent. I think the match that that really set it off was uh, Chris Slade against, I believe, Draven Blaze in a uh, mm-hmm. Iron Man match. Oh my gosh, yep. that match like. These two guys in the middle of the match, people were calling moves and they were just doing moves. Like people would yell stunner and one of them would hit the stunner and then one of them would hit the team stunner. It was one of the best matches that I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I love I love it was a great match and we actually had three series of that. Uh I finally was able to get the uh Draven uh versus Slade series final match three here at my house at one of the back to basics shows. Uh, so we were able to get the, get the third series even under COVID. Um, but I, yeah, I love, I love when I can, you know, put on matches uh, where the fans are just super into it and, and, and loving it and eating everything up. And when they can call out stuff and the guys are able to do it and perform it, you know, that, that what, that's what makes it all, all so much worth it for me. You know, is, is to be able to put on, you know, that uh, that type of – to have my guys put on that type of performance. Uh, and, honestly, you know, when, when I book an SSW event, you know, I, I book it as a fan and as what I think our fans want to see and, you know, not, not what I want to see or, or, or what this person wants to see. You know, I book it from an outside perspective as, you know, I think this is what will intrigue people to get you to come watch or, or to get you to come, you know, see this, this show. And uh, that's, that's what I try to do with, uh, with FSW. Yeah, you, you've done a, a absolutely – you've done an absolute of, um, amazing job. Uh, so – I, I guess with the last couple, couple, couple seconds, what we would like for you to do is to uh, promote yourself, promote SSW, let all of our listeners know, you know, what SSW has has coming forward. And, uh, yeah, take it away, sir. Awesome. Thank you very much, Joe. Well, uh, as far as SSW goes, we are doing uh, what we can here right now from my house and from my property. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube under Superstar Wrestling, three words. Um, we have Back to Basics 4 getting ready to drop, and we will soon be doing our Halloween Spectacular show. 
which is known as Ring of Screams. Um, that should be out right about Halloween, uh, probably October 31st. Uh, from there, we're just going on to our, our November event, which is November Rain, and moving right through, pushing towards um, our Christmas Chaos show, which is uh, one of our biggest shows of the year, whether or not it's here in my yard, at my home, or we're in front of a crowd by then. Um, I don't know. I can't say that for certain. But uh, just know that uh, us here at Superstar Wrestling, we're still putting out uh, the best products we can. And, you know, obviously, you know, please look us up on YouTube, like, follow, subscribe, and, you know, give us a like on Facebook at Superstar Wrestling on Facebook. Again, it's Superstar Wrestling, three words, not all run together. And uh, that's pretty much what I got, Joe. Awesome. Well, so thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on to the podcast. It has been a absolute pleasure, and you have yourself a good night. Thank you, sir. You too, and I will. Uh, I will see you real soon. Correct? Yes. Yes, you will. <laughs> Take care, Inferno. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, we'll get together, Joe, and and talk about when uh, when I can get you back in SSW. Sounds good. All right. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That was the one and only Inferno. Now it's time to go to break hardcore hearts. Play something funky for us, sir.
club. My niggas just flex in the paper like a limo, cause that shit is on stress. Chillin' at the party, sippin' the full loco. Run it like Reggie Bush back in the Rose Bowl. My team ball, I don't have to, I'm the coach, yo. Try to act hood in my hood, that's a no-no. When you cross that Brooklyn Breeze, better back it up. Do some mess with Benji's, now we rackin' up. Yeah, I know you a rapper, but you whack as fuck. Your album drop, your album flop, now you out of luck. Sackage your way, a navigator, coming out the truck. Fresh Nike sneakers on, we goin' out the stunt. I'm just coolin' with my gang name. Funny, yeah, that Mary Jane. Take it to the brain, dang. Pass me tomorrow, I'll tell you the same thing. If you ain't with us, that's a damn shame. Yeah, they just ask me what I'm doing. So I tell them that I'm coolin'. <laughs> yeah, they ask me what I'm doing. So I tell them that I'm coolin'. Nigga, you don't wanna fool with me. All my people chill, and I ain't talking about no jewelry. People chill still, ain't nobody cool as me Come on, keep it real, what the fuck you gonna do to me? Truthfully, let's compare you to me Place you under scrutiny, these cats ain't even half of what I used to be I lay my verses down cold, under 32 degrees So when my tracks get down lows, I'm known to make them beauty screens Usually I'm smoking on that super weed Who else you know can roll a blunt, pack a bow and pull a G to a T Cold-blooded motherfucker, you should just get used to me I'll punch you in the face with this ring and holler, unity like I'm Rick James, bitch Joetti pays your titties It's hot spit game, bitch ah, I got such a big ego Heathen on a track A.K.A. Sub-Zero Come on I'm just coolin' with my gang name Funny, yeah, that Mary Jane Take it to the brain, dang Ask me tomorrow, I'll tell you the same thing If you ain't with us, that's a damn shame Yeah, they just ask me what I'm doing So I tell them that I'm coolin' Yo, what up? Night Owl, Nightmare Jones. What up, Wrestle Talk fam? Do it for y'all. Check me out. Kick in the door, wave in the 4-4. Even them haters can't hate us no more. So unlock your door, cause we got some more. Every Wednesday we here, keeping it raw. Night out, nightmare jumps and all the best jets. Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest. WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Smashing and killing it like the night at a prom. Hey, wrestling fans, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat talking at you, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that means one thing, one thing only. We are back from the break. Now it's time for the FWWC segment. This is one of my favorite segments of the entire night of Wrestle Talk. I mean, Oh, every segment is my favorite segment, but I really like the FWWC segment. So, all those members of the FWWC that are listening, I know that you're listening. You know the number to call, 657-383-1521. That's 657-383-1521, because I would surely hate for you all to have to listen to Nightmare Jones talk for the next, what, 
20 minutes, 25 minutes. So who's going to call into the FWWC segment? Is it going to be Hardcore Sis? Is it going to be General Manager Tank? Is it going to be Theory? Maybe Lucky will be calling in. Maybe KOB will call in. You never know who's going to call in. Hell, maybe even El Monte Rockers himself will call in. You never know who's going to call in. 657-383-1521. But I would not be... I would not be uh, fair to myself if I did not mention my brother, Nini. Nini, the beauty master, was, he was my tag team partner. He was the first tag team partner I had in La Familia. He was the first tag team partner that I ever had that I won a championship with. And, you know, Nini is somebody that I will never, ever, ever forget. Um, you know, some of the, my best stuff was with the Voodoo Nightmares. You know, walking in singing, I'm not the one that's so far away. I cannot hear that song to this day without thinking about the Voodoo Master. And, you know, <laughs> I remember I went to Renee's the night out for uh, Universe Mania. And Duran was in, uh, he was at WrestleMania. And Nene was there as well. And I, I remember FaceTiming Nene. And it was the first, <coughs> bless me, it was the first time that I ever got to, you know, talk one-on-one with Nene. And, you know, he was such an awesome guy. And I know that on Friday, the uh, FWWC Tonight is going to be doing a one-hour show dedicated to the Voodoo Master. We're going to have people calling in that remember him, his family members. It's, it's going to be a, a, a time that we're going to laugh, we're going to cry, and we're going to remember a guy that is that was one of the, the, the coolest guys that, 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 that I've known and I know right now he's uh, he's up there laughing about how the uh, Dallas Cowboys got beat by the uh, Cleveland Browns. So, yeah. So, Nene, rest in peace. I'm thinking about you, brother. 2020 has been an absolute shit show. I can't wait a couple more months and we'll be finished with 2020. All right, so let's go ahead and bring in... Our first caller from the FWWC. Remember, FWWC, this is your time. This is your chance. You've got 18 minutes. 657-383-1521. Boys, don't be scaring everybody. How's it going, sir? You must see that you know that you were waiting for me. Well, you know, it, it's the fact that, you know, that that Anton Timmy tells me, or, or Harko Haas tells me who's coming on, but, you know, I could smell you as as, as well because we we all know that you're 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 dead, so like yeah. You you you've got some sort of an odor to you. 
I'm very much alive and don't worry about my odor. It means that I am around. And I will say this. I do feel for you, Jonesy, about Nene. I do have some type of weird compassion, but he will fly high. And I will say this, and listen up, Bishop, you say that you want another shot. After you set me on fire, I will give you that shot again. But this time, you better be ready to take this U.S. title from me. Wow. I hear you. I hear you. Strong words for a bishop. Is there anything else that you wanted us to know for he's before we let you go? Just beware. There will be more bloodshed and destruction, and death will find you. But I will also cause an amount of extreme pain. Right? 100%. I hear you, boys. I hear you. All right, it's time to let you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So, do I bring this person on or not? All right, you know what? We'll go ahead and do it anyways. This person got, uh, it was very, very interesting last week when this person called in. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, we've got Cody Sears, a.k.a. K.O.B., whoever that you want to call him. What's going on, sir? A.k.a. K.O.B. I posted a promo. And people thought they would joke around and not listen and pay attention. I've explained it once. I can explain it multiple times because everybody is so damn stupid and does not realize that KOB is in the mind. The KOB was not what you thought. It wasn't a. It was just a figment. So AKA KOB, nah, man. It's Mister Cody Sears. But I like I don't need KOB. To, K-O-B you might have liked been... him, but he was he was nowhere. He's a dead in piece of dead weight. He's a drunk. He was a... And if you knew the KOB like I did, you would know he that the KOB champion. He might have been the Intercontinental Champion. But listen, let me explain this. You don't know the KOB like I do. You might have thought, oh, he was just an, he was the Intercontinental Champion. Oh, he's the King of Bleachstone. The KOB is an egotistical son of a bitch who does not deserve to have the spotlight. He does not deserve to have the spotlight. I deserve it. Because I'm better than him, I'm better than you, and I'm better than each and every one of them dumb sons of bitches here in the FWC. Wow. Someone I'm better than. than. I want to get this off my chest real quick, Mr. Nightmare Jones. I'm better than this man, but he beat me. He beat me. He got the one, two, three on me. Massacre. Never... I challenge you, man. I challenge you. Next time you can walk in and, and actually compete, meet me in the ring. I ain't taking no more matches. Massacre, you deserve to get your ass kicked, and it's going to be by me 
It's me. Fuck you, I'm not the KOB. I'm Mr. Cody Sears, bitch, and I'm better than you at everything that I do. Wow, all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Cody Sears. Uh, yeah, you always be KOB to me, sir. But anyways, let's go ahead and bring on one of my favorite people, Bless her heart, hardcore sis. What's going on? Hey, how's it going, Nightmare Jones? You know, first let me just say this. King of bullshit, KOB, Cody Sears. Is that like Sears and Roebuck? You know? I mean, it's, I mean it's, who, it's, 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 who is this guy? I mean, really? I think he has an identity crisis, and he needs to get some serious help. You know, I hear Dr. Phil may be available. He might Although be. Five, min- I, I, five minutes with him, Dr. Phil might need himself. You never know. I don't know. Because you know, he's, he's like, Cody, he's like, KOB was this, KOB was that. And I'm like, KOB was the Intercontinental Champion, but... Apparently he's he's not KOB anymore, so now it's Mr. Cody Sears. So I guess you got to that means that he's a never held a belt loser. Okay, well that's fine. Mm-hmm. We can just put that out there, not a problem. You know, but well, not Mary, let me tell you. What's up? Yeah, exactly. I didn't call in to do that. Firstly, let me say first and foremost, I, I want to say to you in the night owl, and you know, I never had a chance per se to know really Nanny and. I really, you know, feel for you guys, you know, losing somebody like that and knowing that he was one of the founding members of La Familia, well, that only makes it that much harder. Um, so, you know, as a La Familia, you know, sister and as, uh, you know, somebody who's come up behind him and knowing that he was one of the reasons that this group is as popular as it is and as successful as it is, I just want you all to know that my heart is with all of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The other reason and the main reason that I called is I just want to say, you know, and I hope that Lilith is listening. You know, Lilith, you and I have a qualifying match in two weeks. I am going to step in the ring with Lilith. And if I beat her, I will become a challenger at Survivor Series for that women's title. And Lilith, unlike last time when there were things going on and people speaking for you that made it to the point where Hardcore Sis just said, you know what, I just uh, wasn't even concentrating. I will keep myself grounded this time. And this time I'm coming at you with not only my A game, but my B, C, D, E, and F, U game. And I'm going to take that title at Survivor Series, and I'm going to walk out the new women's champion, and then I will show you what a champion in the women's division should be. I will show you how to elevate the division and the title because that's what I do best. And all the while, I'll continue to be the best damn GM this, this team has ever seen because that's exactly who I am. The boys' clubs are over. I'm here to stay. Hmm. Well, strong words from hardcore sis. Now, 
you know, I, I, I think that probably Lilith would have something completely different to, to say. Maybe even Jessica Flowers would have something completely different. You know, you're totally overlooking Jessica Flowers. You know, she could walk out the uh, new women's champion. You never know. It could be fallen. Well, Miss Flowers has taken herself out of the match. She has decided that since she can't have a one-on-one, she doesn't want to be a part of this match. That's her, you know, that's up to her. I I can't stop that. She's more than welcome to be in the match. But I'll tell you what, in the match, not in the match, I'm not worried. Because there's only one woman in the women's division that works in the women's division. And that's me. And I will walk out, regardless of who's in the match. You see, I kind of think that Miss Flower stepped out of the match because maybe she's a little scared. She doesn't want to go up against Hardcore Sis and Lilith and Fallen because she just can't handle it. But once I become champion, maybe I'll give her a shot. We'll have to see. That might be 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 true. That very well may be true. There is one other thing I wanted to talk about. See, at the uh, last pick'em, the Inferno Brand got themselves the box where you get to steal somebody from one of the other brands. The world wants to know who is Hardcore Sis going to steal. Wouldn't the world like to know You see Hardcore Sis is going to keep that one Real close to her vest I'm kind of watching things I'm kind of You see the other two GMs They have boxes that if they choose to use against me They could Possibly Come after Sis And being that I seem to be the biggest threat To both of them I mean, obviously, you know, quite frankly, I'd be upset if I were them at the other GM because I am more of a threat to Tank than Daniel is. And Daniel, I'm more of a threat to him than Tank is. So I've got my box, and we'll see. We'll just see who I might just take out at some point if I should decide to use it in the near future or who knows. I've got 90 days. I just may be doing, I may already be scouting, and a lot can happen in 90 days. Those that who think they're safe, true. those who think I'm a title holder, she can't take me, <laughs> there's a lot that happens in 90 days. And it may be somebody already holding a title that I might just wait for you to lose it and snag you right up. That's true. Or you could just, just you know, bite the uh, bullet and just pick up. Mr. Cody Seals, and, you know, there you go. <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> like see, I said, if, I think he needs Dr. Phil. See, me being a general, me being a former general manager, I know exactly who I would go after. 100%. And I don't know if this is how Hardcore Sis is thinking, but if it was me... I would wait until El Diablo lost that title of his and snatch him right up. But that's just me. You know, that could be a very good plan. Or maybe, just maybe, I might decide next week 
that there's somebody I want to snag. You just never know. But let's just say I'm going to hold that one close to my vest for now, and we'll see what happens. And we'll see just how bad Hardcore Sis wants to use that box and just how much I'm going to take out of the other two GMs if they decide to come after me. There you go. All right, but Hardcore Sis, is there anything else you want us to know before we let you go? Nothing else. Just like I said, you know, Lilith, I'm coming for that title. I will see you at Hell in a Cell, and I will qualify. And I really hope that you bring your A game, and I really hope that you make this match a very great match with me because if you don't, it's going to be an even more pleasure taking your title from you. Bless your heart. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Hardcore Sis. She's gunning for that women's championship. You never know what's going to happen. You just never know. All right, Bill. That's going to conclude the FWWC segment. So let me go and bring in my good buddy, Mr. Jeremy Cobb. What's going on, sir? Did you enjoy the FWWC segment? And when are we going to see Jeremy Cobb join the FWWC? You'll admit, you know, it was pretty entertaining. It was interesting stuff. I don't do really the FWWC, but, you know, I mean, you guys got some compelling stuff. Awesome. Man, so how was how did you think that, that first hour went? I thought that that the first hour was absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean we do got a very special guest uh, coming up as well. We do, we do. In, in about four minutes, we've got the one and only uh, uh, Heel Club's own Kevin Rodriguez. This this gentleman is a staple of uh, of promos on uh, the on uh, TikTok. He's got his own Facebook group. He's got his own podcast. This guy has has had the opportunity to interview the likes of Eric Bischoff. He's interviewed Matt Riddle. Uh, so yeah, you know it, it's it's going to be awesome to be able to talk to Kevin. You know, especially. You know, he 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 gives away championship titles. So yeah, it's it's absolutely um um it's gonna be absolutely amazing to be able to, to talk not just about, you know, what he's going you know, what's going on with uh, Kevin, but you know, professional wrestling in general because he's been a pro wrestling fan for thirty five years. Lots of knowledge there. Lots and lots and lots of knowledge. And he's had a lot of people on their podcast, so yeah, I'm really excited for this one. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, Jeremy, I gotta ask you know, with 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 the two minutes that we have before Kevin calls in, what makes Jeremy Carp excited about wrestling? Like, what makes you want to tune in to Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, NXT? Uh, AEW, what makes Jeremy Carp excited about wrestling? 
I think honestly, you know, I, my grandparents grew up when, you know, guys like Gorgeous George and Luces were honestly some of the top wrestlers, you know, Bruno San Martino. And I remember the first time I watched, one of the first times I watched wrestling was Eddie Guerrero's last match. And I was just so mesmerized by just his character, the story behind it. And I just got hooked. To me, it's just the athleticism and the stories. So that's why I get upset when, honestly, you know, the storylines aren't as good, something's missing or whatnot, because there's just, it's what hooked, one of the things that hooked me. And the other thing, of course, is the athleticism, as I said. You know, guys that I grew up with, like John Cena, Edge, Batista, uh, Mark Henry, Big Show. To me, that's what, they're the ones, I saw, you know, the athleticism they have, the charisma they have, just the feats of strength. I mean, where else are you going to see a seven-foot-four, at the time, 500-pound giant, you know, throw someone through a giant spotlight? I mean, let's be honest. So, to me, wrestling's been a part of my life for 15 years, and it's going to continue to be a part of my life for the rest of my life. And so I want to ask, what makes mm-hmm. you, what really hooks you to wrestling, Joe? You know, I've been watching wrestling since I was a little kid. Like, I, I remember the the first time I watched wrestling was my parents brought home a, a, a VHS H tape of... Uh, WrestleMania three. It I remember that tape like it was yesterday. It it was a blue tape, and I wore that thing out. Like it was so bad that you couldn't even uh, you not not even working with with the tracking would uh, would uh, work. Like I watched that so so much. You know, watching you know wrestlers like Andre the Giant, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Uh, Big John Studd, you know, if, I, I've just been a wrestling fan all of my life, and you know, it's just as 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 it's as I've grown, so has my love for professional wrestling. You know, I'm sitting here staring at like six belts that I have. You know, I, I've gone to multiple wrestling shows. I've gone to pay per views. I've I've gone to just about everything that, that, you know, you could possibly think of. And now I'm even in the professional wrestling business as a referee. So, you know, I have a lot of love for professional wrestling. That's wonderful. Um, now, I have to ask you, you know, we're both longtime video gamers. So I want to bring up to you. What was the first wrestling video game you ever played? Mmm. The first <laughs> wrestling video game that I ever played would probably be WrestleMania for the Nintendo. And that was the first game that WWF came out with. Uh, it was a game that it had Andre the Giant. It had uh, 
the Million Dollar Man. It had the Honky Tonk Man. It had Bam Bam Bigelow, uh, Hulk Hogan. I'm trying to think of who else that it had. Uh, that was was the first wrestling video game that I ever played. And, you know, I've, I've basically played just about every game that you can possibly think of. Uh, from that game to the WCW games to the uh, Royal Rumble game for the um, uh, Super Nintendo. So, yeah. Well, I have good news. We have our, our second guest on the line. Ladies and gentlemen, this guy, I'm excited. Yeah, this guy, I've seen all of his promos on TikTok, heel club with uh, heel hugs and uh, Macho Man Sandy Lab, uh, uh, yeah, Sandy Ravage and heel Josh, and so it's going to be amazing to talk to this gentleman. You know what made him and his friends he decide to do this in his wrestling and. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's an honor to bring on Hill Club Zone, Kevin Rodriguez. Thanks for having me. You know, I, I do an interview show myself, and I'm used to being the one asking the questions, so it's going to be really cool <laughs> for the first time to be the one who gets asked the questions. I'll be answering instead of asking. So, seriously, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, man. You know, I, I've been wanting to have you on quite some time. You know, I am an avid person on TikTok, and, of course, I've seen, you know, being a wrestling fan, I, I, I've seen the promos. From Heel Josh, from Macho Man, Randy, uh, uh, uh Sandy Ravage, from uh, Heel oh, Josh, and, uh, <laughs> and even the one and only Heel Kevin. So, what made you all decide to go to TikTok and and start these uh, this promo federation? So it's funny because I never wanted a TikTok. My wife told me to make a TikTok. She said, we were sitting down talking one night, and she said, babe, you know what? You're really funny. I think you'd have a really good time on TikTok. You should make a TikTok page. So I did. And uh, I didn't start promoing right away. I just started following all these guys because I have a belt collection, and I've seen people mm-hmm. with wrestling stuff, and I started doing videos of my belt collection and stuff like that. And, you know, one day I... I saw heel. I came across heel hugs profile, and he said that he he did a whole list of some of his favorite wrestling creators, and I wasn't on it. And I was like, wait a minute, what the hell? I'm not on the list. So I made a video and I sent it to Hugs, showing him my belt collection, and me and him started talking. Well, then somebody cut a promo on Hugs, and I just immediately jumped in and cut a promo on them, and the rest is history. Uh, so when you asked how I got into the uh, the promo game, it's because I put my nose where it really didn't belong. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. That 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 is 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 definitely awesome. So you've been a a wrestling fan for 
29 years. And so the question I want to ask is, what makes Kevin Rodriguez excited about wrestling? I love wrestling because it's such an inclusive environment. Um, When you think about it, wrestling is really the only sport that, no matter what talent you have, there's a place for you. If you're a computer engineer, if you're an athlete, if you're a drama major, if you're a voice actor, no matter where you fit in life, you can be used in pro wrestling somewhere, shape, or form. So the fact that even if you're not in the ring, there's something for you, whether it's being the guy who manages the light show, the sound equipment, the referees, whatever it is, there's a place for everybody, and that's what I really like about it. Yeah, uh, I, I would, would totally have to uh, uh, agree. Um, now, the last question before I throw it to my um, co-host for the night, uh, Jeremy. Uh, you know, you, uh, you 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 started a uh, a Facebook group, uh, the Wrestling Review Society, and you know, it's it, I've gone on there. I, I'm a member of the Wrestling Review Society. What made you decide to, to start your own Facebook group? Um, really, it was our viewers that kind of demanded it. So a little backstory on Wrestling Review Society. Um, at one point, it was called BallerFan85 on YouTube. And that was just the name of it. It was BallerFan85. That was my partner, Wayne Bullard. It was his YouTube channel. And Wayne was in the belt collecting way before me. And he, he had a collection of about 13 or 15 belts, and he was doing these belt reviews. Well, he asked me if I wanted to join in with them, and so I did, and uh, we shot a few videos together, and our chemistry just clicked. Like, we couldn't, we were firing on all cylinders, we couldn't do no wrong, we were getting views, we were getting subscribers, and everybody wanted to see more of us, um... So one day, one of our viewers, um, his name is Demon Dave, he's on YouTube, he asked us if we were going to make a a Facebook page. And we started asking people, if we make a Facebook page, will you come with us to Facebook? And we got a very good response. So Wayne and I sat down one night, we started brainstorming some names, and I came up with Wrestling Review Society. Wayne really liked it. We launched the page. We changed the YouTube name to wrestling review society that way it was all one name across the board and you know it's been september 4th was our one year anniversary of having the page and we have 4,000 members on facebook we're just under 2,000 subscribers on youtube we're just under 20,000 on instagram our twitter's not that good but we really don't know how to do twitter uh but everything else has been a really big success and it's it's because people like you and people like me who love wrestling, we want a place where we can go and talk to other wrestling fans and not be told, oh, that's fake. Well, who cares? If you don't like it, that's fine. We want to come talk about it. We want to show our collection. We want to have other people we can talk to about it. That's why we always say Wrestling Review Society was made by fans for wrestling fans, and we stand by that. Wow. And it, it definitely, definitely shows. All right, well, Jeremy Corp, why don't you come in here with whatever questions we have, because I know that you've been excited about this tonight. So it's all yours, sir. Yeah. Um, well, first, how's it going, Kevin? Glad to have you on. 
Hey, man, I'm happy to be here, and I can tell you guys this right now. I'm already having such a great time with you guys. If you guys ever want me to come back, all you got to do is ask, and I'll be here. This is awesome. Well, we'll definitely take you up on that. Absolutely. Yes. 100 for, for, for 100 percent. Like, if you like Jeremy Clark, you're really gonna like the uh, the uh, a night out. Would you not agree, Jeremy? Um, well, honestly, the first question I have is how does it feel having the likes of Eric Bischoff, Nick Aldis, Matt Riddle, Vampiro, and Many others on the Wrestling Review Society podcast, you know, on, from the Facebook you know, group. It still blows my mind. <clears throat> it still blows my mind that people like this even want to sit down and talk to me. It blows my mind that they know who I am. And uh, they're just super generous and super kind with their time. Um, <clears throat> you know, just the other week, so I run another podcast, and Stevie Richards was – on that podcast with me, with me and my two co-hosts. It's called Wrestling with Tragedy. You can find it on YouTube. It's basically like Dark Side of the Ring, but we cover everything. We just covered Velveteen Dream. We've covered um, The Million Dollar Man. We've covered anything that's like a scandal or a tragedy or there's some inside information that pro wrestling doesn't want you to know. We kind of take a deep look into it, but we had Stevie Richards on there for an episode about CTE. And Stevie Richards comes on and he goes, Hey, guys, I've watched every episode. I'm a huge fan. And to hear Stevie Richards say that, a guy I grew up watching, and him to say I'm a huge fan, I'm sitting there thinking, like, what are you talking about? I'm a fan of you. Why are you – I'm just a kid from Georgia. Like, why are you a fan of me? But, you know, just to hear these guys come on and talk, it still blows me away every single time it happens. Yeah, I mean, it's an absolute – dream to have, you know, professional wrestlers, especially when you're in the position you are, who has been a wrestling fan for 30 years, you know, and well, I, I, I say 29 years, I say, I say 29 years because I am 29 and I've been a fan for as long as I can remember. I honestly can't tell you <laughs> the first time I sat down and watched wrestling. I just can't remember a time in my life where I did not love wrestling. So I say 29 years because I'm 29 years old, but I honestly can't tell you when the first time I watched a match was. You know what? I'll totally settle for that one. Um, I, I, like I said, I know Joe and I have been talking all night about how long we've been fans of wrestling, that got us interested in it, and, you know, like I said, you're talking to a guy who's 25 years old, and he's been a fan of wrestling for 15 years, so... I've seen plenty of wrestling as well. Um, and I have to ask, you know, you, we talked about, you have talked about, you know, the many championship belts that you've given away, what got you into doing that. But I have to ask, which one really stood out to you the most? Uh, which belt was just, had a lot of special merit to it that you had given away? So we've given away six belts already, and we're about to give away another one. Um, We actually have a current belt giveaway going on, and all of our belt giveaways are 100% free. The winner doesn't pay for shipping. They don't pay for anything. It's absolutely free. All they have to do is whatever the stipulation is. So for this one, I just started a new YouTube channel. It's called The War Room Podcast. And as soon as that hits 1,000 subscribers, 
we're going to be giving away another belt. And that's literally the only thing the person has to do is subscribe to that YouTube channel, and they're eligible to win. Um, now, you ask what belt had the most merit. It wasn't about the belt. It was about the reaction, because that's why we started doing this. Um, I remember what it was like getting my first belt and how happy it made me. And I wanted to make somebody that happy. Wayne wanted to make somebody that happy. My wife and Wayne's wife, Ashley and Victoria, they wanted to make people happy. So we started doing belt giveaways. The best one so far was the second belt we gave away. It was the IWGP United States Championship, and it went to a guy by the name of Jason Brigden. And what made it so special was what made it so special was when he did the belt unboxing, his daughter was with him. And she was more excited for the belt than he was. So to see the joy on the little girl's face, it made everything worth it. I'll always remember that video. I'll always remember. I I still go back and watch it to this day. I go back. That's the only thing we ask is when somebody receives a belt from us, they make a video unboxing it and sharing it. That way people know these giveaways are real because we understand it might sound a little too good to be true. But we love watching those videos of people unboxing the belt, and those are the memories we'll take with us because, and I know I'm rambling, but I promise you I'm getting to the end. But No, you're fine. My, God forbid it ever happens. I, I hope this never happens. But if my house were to burn down right now and I lose everything I've ever had, one thing I will never lose are those videos of people unboxing their first belt that they won from us, and that's something no one can ever take away from me. And it's the greatest feeling in the world. So I could lose all of my belts tomorrow. Yeah, that sucks. But I'll never lose those videos of people unboxing their first belt and saying how happy they were and the match it reminds them of. And, you know, that, that feeling you get when you do something nice for somebody, I'll ne- nobody could ever take that from me, and that's what makes it worth it. And wow. honestly, you know, I respect the hell out of that because, you know, it's truly the memories that, hold the most to us to the core as humans you know we live in the material world but at the same time it's about the memories and especially the moments that you have like you said about people unboxing giveaways for the first time I mean that's something that's without a doubt very special Um, my people before he passed away before my people passed away he told me he said Kevin, it's always better to give than it is to receive, and I never understood that. Right. But let me ask you. Let me ask you this: If I give you a brand new bicycle, you're going to be happy until that bicycle breaks, right? And then you're going to be sad. But even right. after that bicycle, even after that bicycle breaks, I still have that feeling of giving it to you and seeing the joy on your face. You can't break that. You can't take that away. So it absolutely, even though I didn't understand it then, I understand it now. It is much better to give than it is to receive. Yeah, and I absolutely agree. It kind of reminds me of a Beatles song that, you know, it's called The End, and it goes, and in the end, the love you um, take is equal to the love you make. And it's like, and it's basically just, you know, it, it ties right into, you know, giving yeah, man. feels so much better than receiving. Absolutely. It absolutely does. And I think it's absolutely wonderful that you have a platform where you do so much giving and put smiles on so many people's faces. And Yeah, we love it. You know it means the world to us. 
Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. I think it's wonderful. Um, I have to ask, and you know, you're doing so many wonderful things. You know, you're doing all these wonderful giveaways. But you know, as a lifelong wrestling fan, I know you can people can dispute the years, but we're gonna say as a 29 year wrestling fan for you, what got you to? Where you wanted to do the giveaways, where you wanted to put those smiles on people's faces by tying it into your love of professional wrestling. I go back to when I got my first belt. And now I got to be completely honest, and this is probably going to make me sound not so uh, chivalrous, but when we started getting Wrestling Review Society off the ground, um, we, we really wanted to get to a certain amount of members within the first year. And um, we started doing like little giveaways, uh, T-shirts, custom cups, stuff like that. So we really wanted to hit 1,000, and that's when we gave away our first – no, we wanted to get to 500, and that's when we gave away our first belt. We, we did it because we needed to get more members so we can get them to our product and show them that, hey – if you really enjoy wrestling, this is the place for you. So at first, it was all about trying to get numbers and trying to get followers and trying to get subscribers because everybody sees the guests that I get on the show. What they don't understand is there's a lot of work that goes into that. It's not just calling somebody and going, hey, come on the show. You have to have a platform that they want to come on. You have to – it has to be interesting to them. And unfortunately – a lot of wrestlers and a lot of personalities aren't going on if you have 25 subscribers, 25 followers. So you have to have that bigger platform so they can tap a new audience. And it was, it was out of us trying to get that audience to build the podcast, build the page, and, and really show people that Wrestling Review Society was a place they'd want to be. Um, so it started out trying to get numbers, but it evolved so much more into – now me and my partner both agree if we did not add another member to Wrestling Review Society – we're okay with it. We want to. We right. want to keep getting new people, but if we never gained another member, we're happy. It, it's more about making other people happy because, like I said, I remember getting my first belt. See, I grew up one of two kids, but my mother had custody of all of my aunt's children, so there were five to seven kids living in the same house. We couldn't afford a lot of stuff. As a matter of fact, we really couldn't afford anything. Um, so as bad as I wanted a belt when I was younger – it just wasn't going to happen. Fast forward to when I am older and now I have adult money and I can buy my own belt. I remember how I felt when I opened my first belt and I just wanted to myself, Wayne, Ashley and Victoria, and even our other admin Tyler, we want people to have that same feeling. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, I, I definitely hear you. And, you know, you know, you, you, you know, the wrestling review society is in a given uh, mood. You know, you guys give give uh, stuff. Well, here's what we're gonna do, Kevin. Do you like beer? Of course, Hold I it. like beer. Okay, good, good, <laughs> good, good. Because you've been such an awesome guest. What we're going to do is, after the show, I'm going to to contact you. We're going to send you. A customized Wrestle Talk podcast beer mug. This is something. Are you serious? That's awesome. Yes, this is something that 
that, you know, when we decided that we wanted to, to have something, you know, that, that our fans can buy or, you know, that we wanted to give away, we didn't want to give away, like, a T-shirt because, you know, everybody gives away T-shirts. So we decided to do beer mugs. And we have a guy that, that customizes them. So we're going to be, be getting in contact with you to send you your own customized Russia Talk podcast beer mug. It'll have whatever you name on it, whether it's Heel Kevin or whatever you wanted on it. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I, I can't believe that. Thank you. Yes. That, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's the most that we can definitely do. Uh, you know, as I was going through the rest of the uh, uh, review society, one of the, the things that I saw was the last giveaway. You you didn't want to announce who who won because you wanted to legit drive to that person's house and give them that title, and that is absolutely amazing. You have done your homework. I'm impressed. <laughs> thank yeah. you. Thank you for thank you for uh, being a viewer. Thank you for being a supporter, and thank you for doing your homework. It's it, 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 it's awesome to hear people talk about it. But yeah, so when we had the belt giveaway, um, what I do is I take everybody's name and I put it in a randomizer, and then I hit scramble, and then it spits out a winner. Well, when it spit the winner out, I knew I was going to see him at a wrestling show I was going to. And I'd never been able to deliver the belt in person before. So I called the owner of the promotion and I said, hey, I'm coming to your show. I had a giveaway. This guy won. He doesn't know he won. I want to give it away to him live at the wrestling show. And he was all for it. His name's Alex Red. He runs Atomic Revolutionary Wrestling, ARW in Cocoa Beach, Florida. Amazing guy, amazing promotion. They just had EC3 there. They've got him coming back. They got the headbangers. You know, just awesome, awesome, awesome place. And, uh, you know, working with Alex, he helped me set it up, and we were able to give it to him in person. And it's one thing to see the look on somebody's face through a video. It's a whole other thing to be there in person and experience it because he was so surprised and went to a guy named Jason Dugan. Now, if you guys don't know Jason Dugan, he has a very amazing story. He's a pro wrestler. Uh, He's working on the independent scene right now. He went to prison for five years. And when he got out of prison, he said, I want to change my life. I want to be a positive influence for for the younger generation. He turned to pro wrestling, and he's never gotten in trouble again. And he has won numerous championships. He's constantly on the rise, and I promise you, if you don't know the name Jason Dugan, you're going to know it within the next year or two, and it's going to be everywhere. But that is, is definitely. Wow, that that. Well, that is definitely... Looking out for him, I I can tell he's at a loss for words right now. <laughs> that is, that is absolutely amazing. So what uh, we want to do right now, Kevin, is. We want to, to do what we call the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. You're going to be going one-on-one 
with our very own Jeremy Cobb in a little bit of wrestling trivia. Are you Let's male? go! You know I run uh, a wrestling trivia show, right? Oh, boy. That's what I'm afraid of. I, I lost last time. I'm trying to, trying to yeah, even it you, out if you, go to res- if you go to Wrestling Review Society, you'll see that uh, I run a wrestling Jeopardy game, which is just like Jeopardy, but all the questions are wrestling-based oh. questions. Oh, Jay, I'm oh. screwed this time. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeremy. All right, but He's really doing home. this to me. Uncle, <laughs> let's go ahead and play that music. <laughs> He is known for being the leader of the flock 
and having a legendary feud with Tommy Dreamer in ECW. Uh, oh, I can't believe you're oh, spacing out on this Raven. right now. Is that it? I don't know. Raven is no. correct. Oh, is that sweet. Jeremy <laughs> That's Jeremy exactly Clark who I was thinking. Right? <laughs> it's, it's tough. So Jeremy Corbin is tied up, so here we go. Question number three. This wrestler held the WCW United States Hardcore and Tag Team Championship. He was awarded the WWF Intercontinental Championship. When Shawn Michaels could not compete due to the attack prior to a in-your-house pay-per-view, he lost the tag championship to Razor Ramon. He was known as the leader of the Triple Threat in the ECW. Uh, he told people in ECW that, that they can kiss his... Oh, head. Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas is correct. Jeremy Corbyn Oh, you got me. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there. Congratulations. Uh, you gave me a run for my money, but I still think the mankind answer should have stood. Therefore, I'm, I'm the real winner, two to nothing. I'm just throwing that out there. But seriously, guys, thanks for having me on. This has been, this has been absolutely amazing. I, it would be my pleasure to come on any time in the future that you guys want me to come on. But uh, we are having a current belt giveaway. All you have to do to be eligible is go to the War Room podcast on YouTube and hit subscribe. If you do that, once we hit 1,000 subscribers, I will be giving away the completed TNT championship to one lucky winner. That is the completed version of the TNT championship. One lucky winner wow. is going to win it when, when the War Room podcast on YouTube hits 1,000 subscribers. We will be giving away the completed TNT championship. Aside from that, Wrestling Review Society on Facebook and YouTube and Wrestling Review Society 1 on Instagram. Um, if you want to catch any of the podcast material, you can find it on the War Room Podcast. I just uploaded the interview with Eric Bischoff, and uh, there's going to be some never-before-seen content coming very soon with Mr. Bischoff and his son Garrett Bischoff and a whole bunch of other guys. So you're definitely going to want to subscribe to the War Room Podcast. Once we hit 1,000 members or 1,000 subscribers, one lucky person is going to win the completed TNT Championship. A belt that nobody really has right now, but everybody wants. Uh, that is absolutely amazing. So thank you, Kevin, for taking time out of your, your busy schedule 
Anything else you wanted to tell us, uh, to, 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 to tell uh, Kevin, Jeremy, before we let him go? I just want to say it is, was an absolute pleasure having you on this show. I have nothing but the utmost respect for you for everything you've done, you know, and I think the world would be a much better place if more people were acting as you do. So thank you. Well, the same, the same goes for both of you guys. You know, I, I love being, I love being on here. I had an absolutely amazing time. Like I said, I don't normally get to answer questions much, so it was nice to have it a little different where I'm the one answering, but you know, guys, what you guys are doing is absolutely awesome. Um, we all, guys, anybody listening right now, you have to support these wrestling podcasts. If you love wrestling and you love the true principle of wrestling and you want to talk to people who enjoy wrestling as much as you do, you have to support these podcasts because it is guys like me. It's guys like these guys who are going to keep pro wrestling alive into the future. And the only way that happens, if you guys subscribe, listen, and just really show your support. And all we're asking you to do is just listen like it, share it with your friends, and uh, it, that's what's going to help us grow, and that's what's going to help us bring a much better product to you guys. So what you guys are doing is absolutely awesome. I'm glad that I got to play a little small piece of it, and I look forward to doing it again. Awesome. Thank you, sir. All right, buddy. You, you have a good night, Kevin. Thanks again. Good night. Y'all have a good night. Thank you. Man, what a- an awesome second interview. Jeremy, you've been an amazing, amazing co-host. You are you, you are amazing for taking time out of your, your schedule to come on and, and, and you know, do this, the, this podcast with me tonight. So I can't thank you more. That was my pleasure, Joe. Thank you for letting me be back on. Uh, you can come on anytime that you want to, sir. I always enjoy it, so anytime, so any, anytime. Awesome. <laughs> All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that was the Wrestle Talk Podcast with Joe and Renee. Well, tonight it was Joe and uh, Jeremy. So until next week, ladies and gentlemen, we are out. <laughs>